strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. And in this episode, we are going to talk about a woman we all know, a woman who has been in our homes and helped us cook dinner for our families, a woman who will go on to be an American treasure. But she had another life that we did not know about. This is the tale of the lovely Julia Child. Oh, I was like Betty Crocker. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been good. I didn't know that one. At at first I thought you were going to do Aunt Jemima. You know, it's real relevant right now. Julia Child is remembered for her love of French cooking and her television show that brought fine foods to the home. Her exquisite cooking, her unique voice, and her contagious enthusiasm brought her fans from around the world. But before she cooked up recipes on camera, she made a career as an intelligence officer working under the agency that preceded the CIA. Whoa. (laughs) I know, that would be cool. That's crazy. Julia Childs is a spy. Yep, yep. In fact, her first big recipe was actually a shark repellent that she developed while she worked for this agency. I'm sorry, a shark repellent? A shark repellent, and I'll tell you why in a second. Oh my god, okay. What's funny is that her work for the agency was what led her to discover her passion for food by the way of her husband, Paul Child. This is the odd but true story of how Julia's spy career led her to become an iconic celebrity chef that we know today. Julia Child was born Julia Carolyn McWilliams on August 15th of 1912 in Pasadena, California. She grew up somewhat sheltered and privileged because her father, John McWilliams Jr., was a successful banker, while her mother, Julia Carolyn Weston, was heiress to the Weston Paper Company of Massachusetts. So she was able to receive a quality education. She attended the Catherine Bronson School for Girls, a prep school in California, where her statuesque six-foot-two figure made her captain of the basketball team and president of the hiking club. I also didn't know she was that tall. Six-foot-two. Her sister's taller, I think. Learning. Later, she attended the all-women's Smith College, as her mother and aunt did before her, and she majored in history. She was active in college clubs like the Grass Cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I read this, and I just start laughing. I'm ready and laughing again. Yes. It, like the club, people who the grass, rat out people who the, smoke grass? No. The Grass oh. Cops, which kept students off the school's precious lawns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like a college I knew monitor. I was not going to be able to get through that without laughing. But Julia barely showed any other interest other than a vague ambition of becoming a writer. In her diary, she wrote, I am sadly an ordinary person with talents I do not use. After college, Julia took a secretarial course at Packard Commercial School, but quit after a month when she landed a job as a secretary with W.J. Sloan, a home furnishing company based in New York City. She worked there for four years until she was fired after a document mix-up. She couldn't even be a secretary, right? I mean, document mix-up. Rich girls, man. But her seemingly mundane career trajectory in stenography soon took a drastic turn as the country prepared to enter World War II. Julia, like many Americans, wanted to help the country prepare for war. And in September of 1941, three months before the U.S. entered the war, Julia began volunteering with the Pasadena chapter of the American Red Cross, where she headed the Department of Stenographic Services. She also worked in Aircraft Warning Services, a civilian service branch of the U.S. Army tasked to monitor enemy aircraft entering American airspace. 
Unfortunately, when she tried to join the military for good, she was rejected from both the Women's Army Corps and the Women Accepted for Volunteer Emergency Services because she was too tall. Mm -hmm. Like, is this like a Dudley Dursley situation? Like they just don't make pants to fit her or something? I, I think, I, yeah, I think it had to do something with that she was not equipped to fit in beds for women, clothes for women, shoes for women, that kind of thing, because it was like, quote unquote, women's size. Fuck off. Yeah. But that didn't stop her. She found another way to contribute to the war efforts. In 1942, she became a senior typist with the research unit of the Office of War Information in Washington, D.C., and by the end of the year, she was a junior research assistant with a secret intelligent branch of the Office of Strategic Services. Yep. OSS. Or the OSS, the precursor of the Central Intelligence Agency, or CIA. She was among the 4,500 women who served in the OSS. As a research assistant for the OSS secret intelligence, Julia recorded thousands of officers' names in the agency's internal database system and handled highly classified intelligence documents. Later, her spy career took her to the emergency sea rescue equipment section where she helped develop a recipe for shark repellent. There it is. There had been multiple shark attacks against the U.S. naval officers since the start of the war. Sharks that you could say were a bit curious would often set off explosives meant to attack enemy parties. The OSS was tasked to create a shark repellent that would be used for the military's underwater endeavors. After much trial and error involving over 100 different substances, including poisons, organic acids, and even decayed shark meat, and year-long field tests, the research team, which included Julia, found copper acetate to be the most effective repellent. Julia told Elizabeth McIntosh, another OSS officer who interviewed her for the book Sisterhood of Spies, the Women of the OSS. Julia said, I must say we had lots of fun. We designed rescue kits and other agent paraphernalia. I understand the shark repellent we developed is being used today for downed space equipment trapped around it so sharks won't attack it when it lands in the ocean. The shark repellent, dubbed Shark Chaser, was issued by the Navy based on Julia's original recipe until the 1970s, although it was rumored that the repellent was indeed used to protect NASA equipment, as Julia told McIntosh in the interview. Still, it's clear that Julia made a big impact in her time at the OSS, and she was destined to transform herself one more time. Julia was placed at multiple stations abroad during her career as an intelligence officer with the OSS, holding positions in China and India, and in 1944, she was sent to work in Candy, Sri Lanka, where she met her husband, Paul Child, a fellow OSS officer. It's a spy love affair. I love it. Over like a dish of tikka masala. Yeah, Sri Lanka. I mean, ugh. Mm. After the couple married, they moved to Paris, France, where her husband was assigned to the U.S. Information Agency in 1948. It was during their time in France that Julia, whose privileged upbringing left her with no cooking skills, became fascinated with French cuisine. <laughs> She's like, I, I was rich. I don't know how to cook. I can't cook and I don't understand you. So let me learn it. Boil water. Well, that's what she said. Yes. <laughs> so Julia's spy days ended when she left OSS following the end of World War II. To fill her newly freed up schedule, she enrolled in Le Col Bleu. It was an ambitious undertaking since, as Child put it herself, she could only boil water for tea. That was funny. Like, she was thinking, boil water. There we go. She can boil water only for tea. 
In a 2012 interview with the Christian Science Monitor, she said, My first big recipe was shark repellent that I mixed in a bathtub for the Navy, for the men who might get caught in the water. And when she wasn't in cooking class, she studied French and roamed the Parisian street markets for local ingredients to incorporate in her cooking. After she graduated from Le Colon Bleu, Julia met Simone Beck and Louisette Batholi, who were in the midst of writing a cookbook for American readers. The three joined forces to complete the project, a book called Mastering the Art of French Cooking. It took 10 years of playing around in the kitchen for new recipes and rewriting and editing the book's manuscript before it was finally picked up by a major publisher. It was a grueling process, but Julia loved it. She wrote to her sister-in-law, Really, the more I cook, the more I like to cook. To think, it has taken me 40 years to find my true passion. Her cookbook, Mastering the Art of French Cooking, was finally published in 1961, the rest is now history, and the rest Aww. is now the Julia Child that we know today. After the success of Mastering the Art of French Cooking, Julia landed her own show called The French Chef. The cooking show was among the first of its kind on television, showcasing not only her impeccable culinary skills, but also Julia's charm as a television personality. The show produced 199 episodes, which aired between 1963 and 1966, making her a cooking icon. Julia went on to write other cookbooks and co-founded institutes such as American Institute of Wine and Food and the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and Culinary Arts. She also reviewed honors for her culinary prowess, including the French Legion of Honor, the highest order of merit that can be awarded to civilians and military members. In 2004, Julia died at at the young age of 91. Outside of the kitchen, her influence has been seen in popular culture. She was a character on Saturday Night Live, impersonated on RuPaul's Drag Race, and portrayed by Meryl Streep in a 2009 feature film called Julie and Julia. In 2017, it was reported that a show about Julia Child's spy days was in development at ABC. Not sure how true that is now, but hopefully it continues, because seeing a TV show about a 1940s Julia Child seems kind of fun. Yeah, right. You know, just like, but it's also, it's also the story of, of Captain America too. Like the army kept rejecting him until he, you know, he had to falsify. And so he just kept on finding other ways to get, to fight and get, be part of the army. The best part of this story really is that, you know, it is never too late to find something that you love to do. That's why I love her quote. She said, it took me 40 years to find my true passion. And, you know, she she had all the opportunities, right? She had the best education. She went to great school. She went to college. But, like, just nothing nothing jumped out at her. And she didn't – it's not like she had to work, probably. You know, I'm sure she probably could have just lived off her family's money. But that wasn't enough for her. She was like, like I'm going I'm to go to school and be a stenographer and then try to join the military and then work as a spy. It's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. She could have easily went to Massachusetts because her mother was like the heir for that right. company. So she could have easily got like a secretary job there. Yeah, or she could in have just been like something, kicking you know? it, you know. She could have been a real mass hole. No, but she chose to go her own path. She chose to fight. She was rejected and she was like, no, you know, nah, no, I'm still, I'm, I'm still going to do this. And she kept pushing and she kept on finding different ways. And even you can tell how dedicated a person she is and the fact that it took 10 years for her cooking book to finally be published. That's just 10 years in your kitchen 
cooking and learn and she loved every second of it and her husband came home and he's like oh what you learned today here try this and he was just like a great not role model but a supporter i mean Julia is also credited for pushing American cooks in the kitchen and as a supporter of guilt-free cooking, thanks to her famous love of butter. <laughs> so that I mean, is the French love butter. They do. They do. And they're not wrong. <laughs> they're not wrong. No. Especially if you go to like um, a fancy school like she did, and it's like you day one. All right, learn how to boil water. Day two, learn how to cut an onion. Day three, learn how to measure butter. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's like boom, boom, boom. If anyone if anyone has ever gone to that school and that institute, please message us because I would love to know because, oh, it feels so fancy. So fancy. So French. So that is the story of Julia Child, a woman who captured the hearts of American viewers and dedicated her life to working behind the scenes to serve her country. Just another notorious narrative. If you enjoy our episodes, you can also go to patreon.com slash notorious narratives, where you can access exclusive content. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is available. Keep it weird and never stop exploring.